Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, here we are as we get ready to roll for a weekend that has some doubt in it right away. We're going to get into that here in just a couple of moments in terms of the Women's Championship doubleheader in England, which may or may not be happening at the O2 Arena, the Boxer Promotions uh, fight card along with top rank boxing that Again, we don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we're a preview show. So we're going to preview everything that's going on, and we will talk about that in some form or fashion. We'll explain it more in a bit. I'm a somewhat capable host. He's our insider, Dan Rayfield, from Fight Freaks United Substack, as well as BigFightWeekend.com, our content partner here. Uh, good to be back with you with a lot to discuss, including what's going on with Tyson Fury. Can he stay off social media? Uh, I d- apparently not. Uh, borderline video addiction right now on social media with him continuing to put himself out there. Uh, we're going to talk about that and a lot more. Dan, how you feeling as we head towards the weekend? I'm good. I'm looking forward to next week as we'll get to that. But next week, uh, the, the big trip out to Vegas for the Canelo Triple G number three. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that. So I look at uh, this weekend as sort of the calm before the storm. I would agree with that. And by the way, we should make mention uh, we're glad that you found us here, social media link, or through Dan's Substack, or through BigFightWeekend.com. We would love for you to review this podcast. Do so on Apple Podcasts. And are we ready to bribe the peeps? We've been yeah. teasing this. Uh, I, I can see what you're holding up there. Dan has got a really cool item, and we're going to bribe the peeps. Two anybody, items. anybody that rates us and reviews us is now eligible from here on out, this week or next week, to get a really cool memento from the first, am I correct? The first Canelo Triple G uh, fight card, which was in 2017. Do I have yes. my years correct? The 2017 fight was the first one. And tell them if they rate us and review us, they've got a chance to win what, Dan? Well, it's, it's actually two items. Now, for many years, when the MGM Grand served as the host hotel for big fights, and they've hosted dozens and dozens of fights and for a period of time for probably like 10 years or more they don't do it anymore they haven't really been doing it since about 2018 but for a very long time when you stayed at the hotel and you checked in uh uh, you know wednesday or thursday of the week of the fight your room key was like a little card with the art the art of the fight poster Mm. very collectible i would always keep my keys when the fight was over i would always try to get some extras and so i have uh, a vast amount of these room keys from big fights from the MGM because I'm like a collector. You know that I'm an addicted to it. I keep, so what I, keep I have for the saying peeps, to the public, the Rayfield collection is unbelievable. So it does not surprise me that you have a bunch of these keys. Continue. So what I did was I delved in and I figured a good giveaway, particularly because it's going to be, uh, the, you know, next week is the third fight between Canelo and Triple G, you know, one of the biggest fights of the year. And their, their previous two fights were both huge mega events. Uh, I have a room key i don't i guess we're not doing the video people can't see if they do there's the uh, there's the key the description but anyway, it's the, is good enough go ahead it's the uh 
it's like a credit card plastic room key and it's the art of the canelo number one against triple g they actually didn't do a room key for the second fight because they had stopped doing that at that point but this is so this is the room key that you had for the first fight in 2017 and as a bonus also a room key uh from mayweather versus pacquiao I figured are those you, are two big, are you big wanting to give both? Wait, wait, you're giving both away right now. I mean, yeah, you're going full bore to try to get us some reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're going to bribe, people, do it the right way. Amen. If you're going to pay somebody off, pay them off. I'm with you. Uh, so, if you're I mean, they're not prison like, they're, or whatever, they're very yes. collectible. They're, they're like the size, you know, the way I store them sometimes is I take like a little sleeve, like if people collect like baseball cards or sports mm -hmm. cards, take a little penny sleeve. You put the put the credit card room key in the penny sleeve and then stick it in a rigid, and it's like you got a baseball card. It's very cool. Again, the Rayfield collection is phenomenal with all the memorabilia, the odds and ends. I can verify, even though this is an audio podcast, really cool item. One more time, go rate us and review us and take a screenshot of it, tagging Dan, tagging Big Fight Weekend so we can see the screenshot of you having rated us and reviewed us, anybody from this point on, this weekend on, that rates us and reviews us. And one more time, you're going to give away Canelo Triple G1 and a Mayweather Pacquiao room key card. You're going to give both of those away to one person? Yes, one sir. One person's going to get both of those. Yes, sir. And by the way, it's one of those things where uh, we've given away the uh, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson hat from their first Correct. fight. We have a very uh, happy winner of that who tweeted the picture and showed mm -hmm. us we have the happy winner uh who posted recently the picture of uh the the one i gave away the last contest which was the the on-site poster from the undisputed lightweight championship fight that took place this past uh, summer in june between devin haney and george cambosis all the way from melbourne australia and now we got these two cool room keys from uh triple g canelo number one and Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah, some great memorabilia. And I'll go listen. And when they when we get this uh, bribery situation out of the way, and we're looking for the next one. <laughs> I got some more stuff lying around this office of mine. Ooh, that is tremendous. Uh, you know what? You just prompted me, and I'm just going to ask you cold on the podcast. We did not <clears throat> rehearse this. Did the Ursay people ever get back to you? And the reason I ask that, this is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, and he's the guy that is a big-time collector who bought Muhammad Ali's green WBC belt on the market for six plus million dollars and he is actually having an event as we release the podcast on friday night in indianapolis where he's displaying a bunch of his memorabilia not just boxing but entertainment other sporting stuff he's got a great collection and he's doing it for the for the Ursay Family Foundation. He's doing it at the Indianapolis Colts football stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, where people can come and see all of these items on display. And they're having a concert, a brief concert, with Indiana's own John Mellencamp, who used to be John Cougar Mellencamp. You're an 80s guy. I'm an 80s guy. It's a big event. Did they ever get back to you about getting Ursay yes. on the podcast? What is up with that? Well, we'll tell, we we'll tell to get him on before the event, but what's up? Yeah, I mean, I did reach out because, I, I mean, as people know, I'm a diehard boxing memorabilia collector. I found that that purchase that he made in the recently completed auction to be amazing, uh, buying that Ali belt for that much money. And so I reached out to uh, his team. Um, or actually, I take that back. His guy reached out to me yep. as uh, one of his media relations people from the from the Colts. And uh, we went back and forth. And I said, you know, I would I would like to. He was telling me about the event. And I said, that's pretty cool. You know, I would love to if we can find some time. I know he's busy. The football season's just getting underway. There's a lot of stuff going on in terms of the NFL that he's got to deal with. Uh, but I would love to 
get him on our podcast to do an interview with him, talk about his memorabilia, particularly, you know, his great affection for boxing and, and the sorts of sports memorabilia he's purchased, uh, mostly related to boxing, including obviously the big purchase with the uh, Ali uh, championship belt from the WBC. And so we've gone back and forth and, and he's interested to do it, but we're just trying to line up a particular time where it works for everybody. And hopefully, you know, I can't say for sure because it's not my uh, I'm not the one that's got to make the commitment. I'm already good to go. But uh, hopefully in the next, uh, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have uh, Jim Mercer on this podcast. And I mean, I told him, I said, I don't really I don't want to talk to him about football. I couldn't care less who the starting quarterback for the Colts, uh, you know, is going to be. I just I want to talk about the the wild uh, purchases of the boxing. And, and they were showing I was in Indianapolis, you know, this two weekends ago with my Tampa Bay Buccaneer radio duties. And, and we were playing them in the preseason and they were talking about he's got things like a Rolling Stones guitar that I think Keith Richards used. He's got some different items and some other uh, non-cold sports memorabilia that's not boxing memorabilia. He's going to bring this stuff out and have it guarded, obviously, and on display for fans to see, and they're raising money for his foundation through the Colts. And again, John Mellencamp, who is uh, a very famous musician from Indiana, and a lot of the songs that he sings are about Indiana and uh, et cetera. He's going to be part of that whole event. Um, and do I remember correctly? It's the robe from Ali Liston and it's the shoes right from the Thrilla in Manila that he also I, has. I think I don't remember his exact inventory. I know he's got the title belt. Tremendous. I know he's got some other stuff and he's got like Ali I said, shoes and a robe from two of the things. So yeah, we're got trying to, things. we're trying to get that scheduled and if hopefully we can get it worked out. And if we do, I will certainly uh, have the interview with him and we'll bring it to the people on this podcast. I and love that. Him. I talk about his uh, his great collection of boxing memorabilia. Because you and I want to know when a big championship fight pay per view is on in the Ursay House, does he bust out the robe or does he bust out the championship belt? Uh, you know, just I just to want to know if he like walked around the house like you know in his underwear wearing the belt. That's what I want to know, and I'll ask him that. <laughs> or has it over the shoulder? Like no, no, like I want it on his. Know? I want it on the waist, man, with the, uh, with the tidy whities uh all right so anyway there's some memorabilia again go rate us and review us on apple podcast give us a five-star review take a screenshot tag dan tag big fight weekend we'll see it someone at random that has done that and it, it could be several of you that go do this someone at random is going to get both of those room keys so that's pretty cool uh enough self-promotion enough groveling and begging for people to rate and review let's get into some news then we'll get into the fight previews okay tyson fury and now Anthony Joshua. And this has actually got a little bit of legs. I'll, I'll qualify it, Dan, as a little bit of legs because there's admission from both sides that an offer has been sent by Fury's team to Joshua's team. Eddie Herm confirms we accepted the offer. Uh, we were in receipt of the offer, and we will be willing to fight him for a 60-40 purse split. We'll get 40% of the purse. He'll get 60. Hearn confirmed that on the record. All right, what do you make of this? Is this posturing by Fury's side? How legitimate is this? What are your thoughts as we come in on the podcast? My thoughts are that, of course, I wouldn't mind seeing this fight. And I'll couch that by saying that's because apparently Alexander Usek, who's coming off of the second victory in a row against Anthony Joshua, is not going to fight the remainder of the year. While he would like to fight Tyson Fury next, I guess he's got stuff still going on in Ukraine. He's a little bit dinged up from some injuries and that sort of thing just made like $40 million yep. <laughs> doesn't have to get back in the ring right away. Uh, and so he probably won't be fighting again until sometime, uh, you know, in the early part of next year. So in the meantime, Tyson Fury, who just like every other day was retired now, apparently can't wait to get back in the ring and fight again, wants to do this fight or any, a fight before the end of the year. And as mentioned dates, such as uh, November 26th, I believe, and also a date in early December, I believe December 3rd uh, in any event, 
they, you know, he went and made his videos like he's been doing every other day. It feels like the last <laughs> couple of weeks. And he basically said, listen, I'm going to fight and I need to offer this fight to Anthony Joshua. You know, we'd like to do this big battle for Britain. I'm going to give you a shot at my WBC title, uh, which he clearly is not vacating and, and retiring. And uh, we want to do this fight this year and I'll give you 60, 40 and uh, you know, let us know if you're interested, you know, have a good night, you know, and he's been pressuring uh, Joshua ever since the last few days. Like he's literally put out, I've lost track. It's like these little 30, 35 second videos just come on. Are you going to answer me? Are you going to fight me? Are you going to take the deal? And, and listen, it's funny and it's amusing, but that is not the way you make a big fight. And by the way, Joshua versus uh, Fury, even with Joshua coming off two losses in a row, is still a very, very big mega event. It will still do huge numbers uh, and still be an exciting, very interesting, very promotable kind of event without question. Uh, but if you are truly serious, then you then you you make the offer and it, you know it's okay the way they did it. But then you just be quiet and you go and you make a deal. And so Frank, that's Warren, not in this was, guy's DNA. He can't make he can't he can't make himself be quiet. You can't you know? hold a gun to somebody's head. Said you take the offer, yes or no? Because it's one thing to say we accept the the forty percent, uh, the smaller end of the of the pot. Okay, that's one thing you've now checked off the laundry list. There's about a million other things. You know, they got to come up with the date. They got to get the site squared away. They got to come up with, you know, how are we going to share the revenue of, uh, if there is a a pay per view. You know, is it 40% of, of uh, you give me a flat fee or is it 40% like of the whole shooting match is uh, what's the status of a rematch clause. Now, Eddie Hearn says, yes, we'll give him the rematch clause. But if we win and we have to give him a rematch, we want um, we want to have the 60% or of 50%, course. whatever it was. So there's going to be dickering around about that. Now, there's the other thing nobody wants to get get into the weeds on. Tyson Fury is signed with BT Sport in the UK, which is a, a broadcaster with a that does not have. Um, a uh, streaming service element to it. Tyson Fury is with ESPN in the United States and Anthony Joshua. Now that the Joshua Usyk rematch is over with, he is now going to be involved in his long-term deal with the zone exclusively. So in the UK, as well as in the United States, he's going to be with the zone. So how do you work that out? Because one is a streaming service and one is linear television. So they, they they butt heads. How do you figure that out? So again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but they got work to do. This is not a, it's not a 30 second video to decide if we're making the fight. Well put. Interesting that Hearn said in his extended conversation with IFL TV, and I believe this, and it was very telling. He said two things. Zone has got to be involved because of Joshua's exclusive deal. In other words, what he's saying is we're not screwing up the multi-multi-million dollar deal with Zone specifically for Joshua by having a fight right away that's not on Dazone. All right, I believe well, yeah, I don't that. think he can do that contractually, number one. I, I got you. So okay, so I that. believe that. The second thing he said, which was more interesting, is the Warrens and Queensberry are receptive to this. They understand that. They mm-hmm. understand that's going to stand in the way of getting this fight made if they don't agree that DAZN in some form or fashion can either show it live or have it immediately available in their streaming service after it's live, however they work it out. I thought the second part was very interesting. Again, I have no idea if this goes any farther than what we're talking about. Listen, all you right have to now, know is go ahead. The, the other thing that Eddie made the point of, and uh, you know, take it for what it's worth, is he says, you know, that they, they like the fight. They're amenable to the 40, you know, the 60, 40 split, but his point was he doesn't know if they're just being used by Fury to like mm-hmm. maybe re- shake the cage to get Usyk to come out and fight a little bit earlier, or if they want to just 
be out there saying we're going to fight Josh. We're going to give him, uh, you know, a great deal and and put them in a position where they can't take it and then go fight an easier opponent and say, hey, we tried, you know, and, and try to be the good guy there. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we're not necessarily privy to. I'd like to think that everybody is being genuine, but I've been around long enough to know that mm-hmm. that's probably not the case, unfortunately. And one more, and then I promise we're moving on. I think there's a real school of thought here that Fury – and his mindset, his management and whatever, sees a vulnerable Anthony Joshua, particularly in the aftermath of that fight, with what we saw with the behavior, the fact that this fight would only be, what, four or five months later? Fury's been resting up and has now been back in training. I think he sees this as opportunity. If I'm going to fight this guy and make a ton of money, this is a great opportunity to fight him because he may not be at his best and probably won't be at his best. Do you buy that real quick before we move on? There may be some school of thought to that, but I think even Anthony Joshua that we've seen when he's been at the top uh, would still be the underdog against the Tyson Fury that we've seen in recent fights. Um, so I, I think that's maybe a small part of it, but I don't, I don't really put a huge amount of stock in that. I just think that, that somebody needs to take away Tyson's Fury, take, take away his phone, as I wrote in my column the other day. I mean, it's, 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 um, the only way it's ex- that happens, I'm being serious, is if Frank Warren contacts him and says, Tyson, we are close to a deal, stop it. Other than that, I don't think it happens, right? All I We're know just- is Tyson keeping up with Tyson Fury's back and forth, his change of mind and direction every 30 seconds on his social media, it, it, it becomes exhausting. At one point, as I wrote the other day, it was interesting, it was sometimes newsworthy, it was kind of funny. And but when you do it all the time, it, it, it loses its impact. And Amen. now it's just boring and it's noisy. Amen. OK, a couple more uh, quick things. Uh, one, there's a date change. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions has announced on Thursday as we release the podcast, they are moving up the lightweight battle that is a contender battle between Jojo Diaz and William Zapata, who's undefeated. Tell us more about what they're doing and why they're doing it real quick. Golden Boy. Well, the fight's been uh, squared away for a while, and it's a, it's a good matchup. I'm certainly interested in it. Originally, they were going to have the fight on November the 5th, and then when they got the Bivol and um, uh, Dimitri Bivol versus Gilberto Zerto Ramirez slated for that date in Abu Dhabi in the UAE and made that official, uh, obviously it did not make sense for DAZN to have two marquee fights on the same night. Obviously, uh, that one was already settled, so they swapped the, the Diaz Zapata fight. It was going to move to uh, November... Uh, 19th still didn't have a date set for it and now uh, it's moving from the 19th back to October 29th because October 29th was originally penciled in for a Jaime Munguia fight but they don't have an opponent yet for him and uh, they had the venue on hold in San Diego the Pechanga Arena so they're just moving the Diaz Zapata fight into that October 29th spot and they'll probably find another you know they have, it gives them more time to work on whatever they're doing in terms of a fight for Jaime Munguia, that'll probably take place, you know, in November. In any event, um, nothing, no problem with the fight itself. It's just been moved around, you know, a few weeks here and there. Uh, now they have a date official. They have a site official. Remember when these other uh, dates were there, they didn't necessarily have the site locked in. Now they have a deal with Pachanga to do the event. So they just move up a couple of weeks and it's enough time for the fighters where it shouldn't be a, a huge deal in terms of their ability to still train properly and, and, and make the weight properly. And it's a good fight. The only, the only negative part about it, and this would have been the same if it was going to be a Jaime Munguia fight on October 29th, is that for some reason, October 29th is like the most popular day of boxing this year because you have a, a good fight on DAZN now, whether it was going to be Munguia or now the Jojo Diaz fight against Zapata. But on that same night, you're going to have 
uh, Vasily Lomachenko uh, against Jermaine Ortiz at the Madison Square Garden Theater on ESPN+. And it's also the same night that they're doing the Jake Paul fight against Anderson Silva. There you go. That's been announced. That's going to take place in uh, the, in the, uh, in the uh, Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona, right outside, right outside of Phoenix. So that's going to be an interesting week with, you know, three fights that are all notable and interesting and, and things I'm interested in for different reasons. Very uh, interesting on the schedule, too, because the dance card fills up and Showtime not hesitating even with the Lomachenko fight uh, slated to be on on Saturday night. Different, different audiences, fight. though. I, I mean, understand, but they just you know, went ahead and said, we believe this is a big enough event because Anderson Silva is obviously going to bring in a UFC crowd because he was a champion for 16 title defenses and has fought some boxing matches and still has some relevance, still has some name. And Jake Paul, though, also brings in a non-boxing yes. audience, too, so... You know, I'm intrigued by that. That fight, of course, you know, was announced a few days ago. I had written that it was going to take place and they finally got it squared away. I'm very intrigued by that fight, TJ. I'm, I'll be honest. I mean, for a lot of different reasons, because I understand that Jake Paul has wanted to fight a real boxer. You know, his previous opponents have been the MMA guys and the non-boxer types. Um, and he tried to do it against Tommy Fury who, to no fault of, of Jake Paul's. Tommy pulled out on him twice for different reasons. Uh, and then you had the situation that we've detailed, uh, almost to the point of nausea with uh, Hasim Rockman Jr., my boy, uh, who calls me Daniel. And uh, and uh, now this is the fight that's taking place instead. Now, you can say Silva's not a real boxer either, but here's the deal. Like you said, besides his glorious history as an all-time legendary MMA fighter, he's not a joke in boxing. I mean, he has some boxing professional experience. He's had four professional fights, which is only one fight less professionally than, than, uh, than uh, Jake Paul has had. He has a victory. Uh, over granted uh, a faded Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Jr. But still, that's that's a guy that was a boxing world champion that's had, you know, 50-something fights in his career. So that counts, and it was a good win for him. And then, you know, he did have the one-round the one round knockout against uh, Tito Ortiz not that long ago, but that was an MMA guy in a, you know, in a, a fight where he was completely outgunned by, by Silva. But I think that Silva's, you know, his muscle memory of fighting and his, and his devotion and, and seriousness in terms of training for boxing over the last two years or so makes this a very intriguing, interesting fight. As I have said, when people have asked me over the last couple of days since this fight was announced, you know, what do you think? I said, A, I'm interested in B. You know, I'm not ready to make my official pick yet, but I think just maybe Jake Paul might have bit off a, more than he, a little more than he could chew here. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Dangerous guy that he's going to be fighting. Okay, we move along on the Big Fight Weekend preview, and uh, this is now well-known. It has been worldwide news. The death of 96-year-old Queen Elizabeth II on Thursday uh, comes in uh, in the 70th year, hello, of her reign at 96 years of age. Uh, the queen had been ailing in recent days, the last two days or so, passed away on Thursday. Okay, the relevance now, obviously, they're going to be in mourning in the UK, particularly in England, all weekend. It's, what, 10 days of mourning. Uh, they're going to have a funeral service coming next week, uh, obviously, as well. They haven't done this in eight decades, where there's going to be a change uh, at the top, uh, her son Charles will become the king of England. Uh, he already is the king Britain. of England. Yeah, upon he, her now death. Is, he now is. Yeah, and so now they'll have an official coronation. None of none of that stuff's happened literally since 1952. It's crazy when Queen Elizabeth became the queen. So anyway, that <laughs> I saw is that she be she became the queen when Harry Truman was the United crazy. States president. She she became the queen before Mickey Mantle started playing baseball. Does that I mean how scary is that? Yeah. Uh, my parents I don't know about your parents were in grade school when she became the queen, and it's seventy years later. It's crazy. Yeah, that's anyway. about my parents. My parents are probably this, around that same age yes. as your parents. So yeah, I would it's, say so. Absolutely it's crazy. All so, right. but the point here though is that because of her death, yes, it has left the uncertainty of the card. So let me let me couch it this way: the women's oh. doubleheader that's supposed to happen at the O2 Arena. We are taping this podcast, podcast audience, on Thursday night. The veil is pulled back fully here. Dan are doing. Dan and I are doing this on Thursday night. At the moment, we don't know other than what they've announced, and Dan's about to go through that in a second, as to whether they're going to have this fight card or not. So we're going to cover the news part of it right here, and then I pledge to you in a few minutes, we're going to go ahead and preview briefly those two fights that may or may not happen. You're hearing me say again, I'm going to say it one more time later on, we don't know right now if they're fighting or not, but we wanted to go ahead and release the podcast. So we're just bringing it up in the vein of here's the news. So uh, Boxer is the promoter along with Top Rank. What did they announce? What are they doing on Friday as we go in steps, Dan? So Boxer put out a statement uh, on late Thursday afternoon, Eastern time, early Thursday evening, Eastern time, probably about four hours or so since, since, uh, you know, since we started taping this podcast four hours ago, I should say. And I found it to be kind of unusual. It's the first time I've ever seen anything quite like this. They said uh, they offered their condolences to the queen's family for her passing. And it's obviously a tragedy for their country and they will uh, show respect. They will still hold the way in for their card, uh, which is the two world championship fights between uh uh, the unification for the undisputed middleweight women's title between Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, as well as the un the co-feature fight for it to unify three of the junior lightweight women's titles between Michaela Mayer, who has two of the belts, and Alicia Bumgarner, who has one of the belts. In any event, they're going to still hold the weigh-in. And then they will then decide, as they said, they will um, discuss with the relevant government bodies and sports uh, folks uh, in the country what they should do. So I assume that means they'll there. I don't know if there's a government mandate or edict that they have to cancel things. I don't think that's the case, but they'll have a conversation when they talk about the sports folks. I'm sure that means they'll have a discussion with the people at the British board of boxing control, which is the yep. uh, organization that regulates the sport in the United Kingdom and determine whether or not the fights will move forward. Now, 
I don't really quite see what the point is. If you're going to, if you're going to make these athletes weigh in, they should have a fight. If you're not going to wait, if you know, if you think you're going to cancel the fight, then cancel and don't make them weigh in, but to make these people weigh in and then cancel it is really, uh, to me, that's mind boggling. I've never seen anything like quite like that. And I also don't quite get how it's respectful to hold the weigh in, but just, they said, we'll hold the weigh in, but we're just not going to allow fans or media at the weigh in. I mean, first of all, media is not there to have a good time. Media is there to be observers and make sure nothing crazy happens and nothing funny business goes on. Right. So whether it's behind closed doors or not, media should be permitted to be at a weigh in, period, point blank. As far as the fans go, I mean, if there's fans that want to come out to the weigh in and it's open to the public, why would you do something I negative? I guess in their culture, they're wanting this to be a time to not do public displays. Then don't do the so, fight. Blah, blah, blah. And so your point is don't have don't have the fight. And again, let me qualify. But you can't I'm, be I'm, halfway pregnant. You know what I, I mean? You either do you. it or you don't. I'm with you, even though we're men. I agree. So uh, let me say it again. Right now, we don't know what they're doing. And you may be listing on Friday morning or Friday midday, and they've already canceled the weigh-in and they've already canceled the fight. But for right now, that's the plan that Dan and I are talking about. And you're saying fishy fishy on why why are you doing I mean, that i think I, yeah. I mean if you ask me i know there's been some sports things that are in the uk that have been postponed some that were canceled like there's a golf tournament where they suspended play so let's in go the over that it's, the, it's a big european tour uh, event called the bmw pga championship over there it's in england and what they did is they halted play on thursday when the news came out and they even announced we're not playing friday friday is postponed the second round is postponed they did not cancel the tournament yet again they may make the decision friday morning we're not playing the rest of the tournament vacated that's it the bigger key is what though dan rayfield looming this weekend go ahead well again i'm no sports expert of uh what goes on in the uk but it seems that they're i think waiting to see what the official edict from the premier uh, league is the the big yep. you know british football slash you know soccer to see what they do with their schedule and that's kind of like the behemoth it's sort of like if you were a sports uh league or entity in the united states and there was a question whether it should happen or not happen you might look and wait to see what the nfl does and Absolutely. then everybody will follow suit because this you know like if this had happened in the united states some tragedy like if uh you know some the president had died or something along those lines and the nfl decided not to play opening weekend on on a Sunday afternoon, you're pretty sure that all these other Brother, sports outfits what's would the anniversary this too. weekend? The anniversary is 9-11, the 21st anniversary, and you're exactly right. That happened on a Tuesday morning. We remember it all, all too well, horrifically, in New York and Washington, D.C., and it took about a day, but the NFL basically said, we're not going to play this week, and then at, to your point, everything followed suit as well. Baseball said, we're not going to play the rest of this week. The PGA Tour said we're not playing. NASCAR said we're Listen, not racing. A, it fell into place. Yes. It's not the same thing, but it's I have I had thoughts of what occurred not that long ago, two, you know, two years ago, when there was a lot of discussion about whether boxing events were going to be postponed or canceled or other sporting events when it came to COVID, when it was just emerging and becoming a big problem and, a, and the pandemic was declared. And it wasn't until the NBA postponed its season and NCAA basketball tournament games were canceled uh -huh. and everything else fell into line and everything was canceled. Once the NBA pulled sure. the plug on their season, you know, top rank canceled events at Madison Square Garden, other boxing shows were canceled, not just boxing matches, but other sports. They, uh, they, they all pulled the plug on their activities and that, ha that stayed that way for obviously several months. Now, 
the death of the Queen of England is not quite the same thing as a as a as a pandemic that's killing you know tens of thousands of people. But the point is, when it comes to deciding whether you're going to postpone or not postpone, I think these other uh, entities and other sports outfits they look to uh, the big daddies, and that's Major League Baseball, that's the NCAA, that's the NFL, and uh, they'll take their lead from there. So I think, and I don't I don't have any knowledge particularly, but it seems logical that everybody will look to see what the the, the big guys over in the UK I'll go a step the further. They are deciding it, and I don't think they're playing. And then what do we do? Because I, I think because the Premier League again is so massively popular in the entire UK. How are you and, and the in the networks that are covering the Queen nonstop, the death of the Queen nonstop with tributes and the latest news and the latest reaction? They would be the televising entities as well for Premier League games. Uh, on Saturday and potentially Sunday. Again, I don't have it on any authority, but that's the key situation. So again, you just got to wait and see right now. You may know that answer right now as you're listening to us on a Friday that the Premier League went ahead and said we're not playing, and that's probably meaning that the uh, that the fight here's the, here's uh, the main Saturday thing, night is not taking place either at the O2. So arena. I, I asked different people that that I I I, I had course I had email exchanges with the uh, the PR folks from Boxer. I talked to people, you know, executives from top rank and their PR people, you know, who are over there. And, and the answer has been the same from everybody. We don't know. And I, they're telling the truth. They just, it, they literally just don't know. They're, they they got to play it by ear. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it, it's, uh, I feel bad for the athletes that have been training for this type of fight for a long time, particularly the main event fights where, you know, all due respect to the passing of the queen, you know, Michaela Mayer and Alicia Bumgarner don't know the queen. They're Americans, They're Americans. and, and yep. Clarissa, the same deal. Obviously Savannah is a, is a Brit, but the point is uh, these four women have been focused on each other in these two fights for a long time. And it's the biggest thing in their career and their life at the moment. And uh, to have the uncertainty boxing is such a mental game to be going into a weigh in to, you have to make the weight and not even know if you're going to fight. And there's a lot of money on the line. I mean, women's boxing has become more lucrative in recent years. Uh, we're talking about fights that are, are going to pay these women, you know, high six figures to seven, you know, uh, seven figures for these types of fights. So this is life changing money sure. on the women's side of boxing. Uh, and so you have all that going on. I mean, boxing is tough enough to, to be to have to make the weight, go to the weigh in and finish the weigh in and still perhaps not even know for sure if you're going to get in the ring. And this is after you've put in, you know, seven eight nine weeks of training for the fight so you know i feel bad for the women involved i feel bad for the promoters which are in a terrible spot there's a lot of financial uh, uh things on the line here you feel bad for uh, the promotion companies that have taken a lot of uh, time and energy to, to put on this type of event uh the networks espn plus with the resources it's devoted and same with sky sports in the uk you know it you know and there's nothing you can do about it. i mean it's I'm, I'm not crying about it it's just it's just a tough situation it's you know, it's just unfortunate. And you just hope that uh, they make the right decision. I can understand reasons on both sides, why they would call it off, why they would go through with it. But I'm glad I don't have to make that ultimate decision. But I just hope that uh, when it's all said and done, that that uh, whether they're whether it's postponed or not, that the fights either they take place as scheduled on Saturday or they can reschedule it very quickly uh, thereafter. Well said. All right. So what we're going to do is pause and then we're going to come back and talk briefly about the X's and O's kind of of these fights that may or may not happen. It's a very creative edition of the Big Fight Weekend Preview, and it rolls on next.
We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in one more time. Thank you for finding us. However, you did so on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed, social media link. Again, through BigFightWeekend.com, Dan Raphael's Substack as well, which is the Fight Freaks Unite Substack. Uh, again, disclaimer here as we get ready to go into the preview mode, Dan Raphael, we do not know on the podcast whether they're holding uh, these uh, uh, women's world championship fights that are slated for the O2 Arena in London, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night in England. We will proceed, though, as a preview show, taping this again on Thursday night to release late Thursday and into Friday morning with previewing the fights. So uh, very quickly, Claressa Shields and Savannah Marshall headlining. Michaela Mayer, Alicia Baumgartner are the co-feature. Plenty of intrigue. Again, as you mentioned just before we pause, three of the fighters are Americans. Marshall is obviously going to have a partisan backing if they have fans and they have the fight because she's from England. All right, give me your give me your thoughts if we see these because we believe these are going to be action packed fights if they have them. Well, in terms of the Clarissa Shield Savannah Marshall fight, anybody that has even spent thirty seconds following these two women knows this fight's a long time coming. Uh, there's one storyline and one storyline alone in this fight, and that is the fact that in uh, 2012. Clarissa Shields, who went on to have an amateur career in which she won two gold medals in the Olympics and finished her career as an amateur 77 and one. And now, of course, she is undefeated as a professional. Her one loss was in an amateur tournament when she was a teenager where she lost to Savannah Marshall. And that's the kind of fight where Savannah has used that and to talk about it and 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 basically make a big deal that she beat this, uh, that she beat Clarissa as an amateur and then Shields is one of the, the rematch for a long time. Um, you know, if you watch the fight, it's a kind of a questionable decision. I mean, Clarissa made the point in an interview that I did with her that we had on the podcast last week uh, about how, you know, she was scoring X number of points in her fights. And, you know, in this fight, she was doing the exact same thing and she just wasn't getting the points. And, you know, and, and she ended up losing a very close to not even close. She was losing. She lost 14 to eight, which when you watch the video seems kind of absurd. Uh, there's a strong argument that Clarissa won that fight, but nonetheless, she didn't get the win. And now she's wanted to, uh, to avenge that and not only avenge that, but she has three of the middleweight title belts. Uh, Savannah Marshall has the fourth, the, the, the kind of uh, thing that nobody in the promotion wants to talk about is that Clarissa already was the undisputed middleweight champion because of mandatories and other things that were going on. She gave up the WBO title and has now had the three belts and Savannah Marshall won that vacant title. So in essence, if Clarissa is to win, she's just taking back what's already been hers. Sure. Uh, it just would make her a two-time undisputed champion. But, you know, it's a contrast in styles. Um, Clarissa is the is the boxer. If you watch her, you know she's a very talented woman, but she's not a puncher at all. She's she's definitely a skilled technician. And Savannah Marshall has been uh, the, the, the one that's been knocking other women out. They have very similar records. They're both 12-0, and 0, but Savannah Marshall's got 10 knockouts and Clarissa's got two knockouts. If you listen to, to Clarissa pick that apart, she says, yeah, if I was fighting, you know, featherweights and welterweights and that sort of thing, I'd be knocking girls out also. But they, they feed her girls on short notice who are coming up two and three weight classes. And I'm the one that's come down in weight because I started my career fighting, you know, in, uh, in the super middleweight division or the super middleweight division, went down to 160, went down to 154, went up to 160 in, in uh, the most recent time. Mm-hmm. So I'm knocking out, I'm, I'm fighting uh, women my same size. Savannah is feasting on. Uh, girls who are much smaller than her. So they have that dispute back and forth. And listen, 
it's a very intriguing fight because the winner is going to be undisputed and it's either going to be revenge or, you know, a repeat of revenge in terms of the amateur fight. Interesting main event. They've been jawing each other for the last, yep. you know, a couple of years and they've been you know, it's it. finally here. And okay. uh, if it happens, happens, if it happens, and again, we're not going to get into <clears throat> predictions because we don't know if it's happening. I'll just tease it this way. We still have a bet us live show Friday at one Eastern time, depending on when you're hearing this podcast, we will know by then whether they're having these fights or not for sure. And we'll make predictions, et cetera, if they are on that show. So I know we're kind of leaving you hanging out there a little bit and teasing you and saying, go find another show, but that's the best we can do because you and I honestly could go back and forth for another seven or eight minutes here on a fight. That's not happening. So we, rather than do that, I'm just letting you give information here yeah. and we're pushing them to the bet us live show one o'clock Eastern time, betus.com, BetUS YouTube channel will be live there. And you will know by then with us, whether they're having these fights, because by then, Dan, it will be 6 p.m., five hours ahead in England. They will have made the decision whether they're fighting at the O2 Arena Saturday night for this full fight card or not. Right Our now. fans or not, we'll know by then. So we're pushing you there uh, on that. Uh, all right, so the co-feature fight is Michaela Mayer, Alicia Baumgartner. Again, for informational purposes, set it up for us. Go. Good fight. Unification. You know, Michaela Mayer has, has uh, two of the titles, and she has said steadfastly ever since she won her world title, all she wanted to do was unify the belt. She didn't care who the opponent was. So when uh, when Baumgartner uh, won the title and, uh, and beat uh, Terry Harper, uh, Michaela switched up and said, instead of wanting to fight Terry Harper, give me Baumgartner. And uh, Michaela uh, had, like I said, two of the titles. By the way, when she won the second title was the night before uh, a Canelo. I think it was the night before Canelo versus Kayla Plant in Las Vegas. I, I went to that fight because it was I was already there for the fight, and that was a spectacular action fight between uh, Michaela and uh, and uh, Hamadouche. She just put on a they put on a spectacular uh, action fight. Perhaps trumped a little bit later in the year by the uh, the great fight between Amanda Ser Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. But nonetheless. Uh, Hamadouche and, and uh, Michaela put on a hell of a fight. So Bumeir won the fight, fair and square, got the second belt, uh, and Bumgarner was then uh, the next one on the list. They tried to make a fight with the the, uh, the WBA champion from uh, South Korea. They couldn't work that out. So uh, Mayer and Bumgarner started chirping at each other on social media. It became a fight that they could make. Um, it's a good matchup. Mayer, I think, is probably the more diverse fighter. She can box. Uh, not a big puncher. She's had a few knockouts, but she's she's got a good chin. Bumgarner seems to be a little bit of a bigger puncher, um, not quite as much as experience. I remember, Mayer not only has, has 17 and 0 as a professional with five knockouts, she also had a, a very strong amateur career as a United States Olympian. Uh, whereas Bumgarner uh, kind of came out of nowhere. She's 12 and 1 with five knockouts, uh, but also a, you know a good fighter. They're you know the age is about the same. Michaela's 31, Bumgarner's 28, so they're both in their prime. It's just a good good matchup, and uh, the fact that they were able to make this fight and put it on the same card with the other big women's fight. Uh, I think is a, is a testament to the work that the promoters and everybody did. It's a, it's an attractive card for sure. And uh, I'm like, I've said to you before, TJ, in the, the fact that you have these two fights on the same show, we had the great fight between Serrano and, uh, and Taylor earlier in the year back at the end of April. And there's been plenty of other, you know, quality women's matchups. Uh, they haven't all necessarily turned out to be, you know, great fights, but the best women, are consistently now fighting the best women in the sport. And then we as fans, that's what all we ask for of the men also. And we just don't get it as much. The women kind of are doing it because they kind of need to, because that's the way they can really make money. The men can still make money, even if they don't fight uh, necessarily the best guys, unfortunately. But the women 
have, have really, uh, for, for lack of a better term, manned up, if you will. Yep. And uh, they're willing to fight each other. And Take I respect that. Risks. And uh, Take it's, a good, it's a good show. Yeah, you know, no I'm, I'm totally into it. And by the way, like I said, the fact they're both on the same card, it's like a beautiful thing. It's not a pay-per-view. You know, if you live in the UK, it's on your regular Sky Channel, part of your cable. If you live in the United States, it's part of your regular ESPN Plus subscription uh, that gives you all kinds of other stuff also. So uh, I, I hope it happens. Like we said, we don't know as people listen, we're not sure if it's going to take place as scheduled. Hopefully it will. If it doesn't, hopefully they'll reschedule. Uh, but these are two, these are two uh, in the, in the pantheon of women's boxing matches that can be made today. These are a, a plus type of matchups. And again, Mayer and Baumgartner have been chirping at each other too. And they're Americans. You feel for Clarissa again, going over there, but you feel for the two Americans that could have been fighting on another card in the United States if this is next, but they, these are the circumstances with the death of Queen Elizabeth. And again, I disclaim again, you may already know as you're listening to this podcast as it's released on Friday that they called it off. You may know that it's already still on. So let's see. Let's see what they end up doing. We do know this. We're going to get out of here in a moment. There is a show box, the Prospect Series on Showtime. There's a show box card Friday night. That one is definitely happening in Atlantic City uh, with Barry Tompkins and Al Bernstein and company, Raul Marquez and all the, the Showtime uh, folks that do this in Atlantic City uh, coming on Friday night. And an interesting main event. So we'll just touch on that real quick as part of the preview. We know that fight, that main event fight is happening. Give us the quick details on it, Dan, before we're gone. Well, it's a, it's a triple header, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific uh, at the Bally's Casino in Atlantic City, which coincidentally happens to be where they held the very first showbox fight back, you know, 20 plus years ago. Uh, and the main event is, uh, is a fighter uh, who I, to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about him. But he's undefeated. His name is Hugo Alberto Roldan. He's 21-0-1 with seven knockouts. He comes from Argentina. And he was supposed to fight Shenard Bunch, who was a fighter that's gotten a little bit of attention, who's from the Philadelphia area uh, that was supposed to be his opponent. He withdrew from what was termed personal issues uh, a couple of weeks ago and was replaced by Joseph Adornio, who has probably got the bigger name of all three of them combined because Joseph had gotten some attention. He used to be with top rank before he suffered an upset loss. He's had some trouble with the weight over the last few, uh, you know, last year or so, but seems to be okay. Made the weight for the fight. No problem. It's a junior welterweight fight. He's 16, one and two with 14 knockouts. He's only 23 years old. And so it seems at least on paper, uh, a very interesting matchup. You know, the Roldan is 29. He's no youngster and he's got 22 pro fights. So uh, this is the kind of like, I won't say it's a crossroads fight, but it shapes up where the winner can, I think, take a kind of a pretty good step forward. Um, these are, you know, Showbox is great when, you know, has been a great series as long as it's been around. Not every single main event is this type of fight because I think that they're not, they're, they're, yes, they're prospects to a degree, but the main, but, but, uh, Roldan with his age probably is a little more advanced than that and the number of fights he already has. Um, although he's coming to fight for the first time in the United States, he's had fights in Argentina and also in Mexico, but, uh, Adornio is certainly, even with the one loss and two draws, still has to be considered at least somewhat of a prospect because he's so young and he had such a good uh, background. He's been such a good puncher. Um, it just, I mean, you know, it, as showbox fights go, I'm very interested to see this main event. And uh, they got a couple other fights on the card also. And, uh, you know, if the, uh, if the women's card, in fact, is canceled, at least we still have, you know, a, a good, interesting televised fight on Friday night. Agreed on all of those fronts. So we'll look for that from Atlantic City uh, coming on Friday, depending on when you're hearing the podcast, you may already know those results. Again, one more time on the disclaimer, 
We'll push you to our BetUS live show, 1 Eastern time on Friday, BetUSTV.com, the BetUS TV YouTube boxing page. You will find us there. We're there 1 Eastern time every week. We'll be there next week with Dan in Las Vegas for the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight. We're always there at 1 Eastern time. We will know by then what the story is with this a championship fight card that is to take place in London and whether it's happening or not with the death of Queen Elizabeth II. We'll know more about that for now. I think we did pretty well. We navigated it as best we could. Uh, Again, folks, I think you got a lot from this podcast. I'm saying that in terms of news, in terms of opinion, et cetera. And let's hope we get the fights. And if we don't, we understand. And they'll try to reschedule them whenever they can reschedule them. Uh, You just wonder if they'll be able to hold both of them together or if, you know, what's going to happen if they can't hold them this weekend, if the fights might separate and become separate fights. I was thinking uh, about that, actually. I don't know. Maybe. Again, we're conjecturing. If it does, in fact, get called off, it seems to me that top rank would be more easily able to take the mayor Bumgarner fight and just move it to one of its dates on ESPN plus. Cause remember they have a whole slew of dates and yep. they don't necessarily have fights attached to them just yet. Cause they're still, you know, months ahead of time. So that's, that could, could happen if it got canceled. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult and complicated to reschedule uh, the, uh, the other fight, but hopefully uh, it won't come to that and we'll see some good action. Good enough. Mr. Raphael. Great job. Thank you. I look forward to talking with you on the bet us show. We'll do a recap off the weekend of some kind, including recapping whether these fights happen or not in England. So I will talk to you podcast wise on the fight freaks unite recap off the weekend. And uh, we appreciate it as always here on the big fight weekend preview. Sounds good to me. Hopefully we get some good fights. There's Dan Raphael. One more time, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of it. Give us a five-star review. Dan's giving away some goodies. The room keys with the poster, the likeness poster on the room keys of Canelo Triple G1 and Mayweather Pacquiao. You get two of them. If you go and rate us and review us, we're going to draw one random name after next weekend. It's rated us, reviewed us, and send it on a screenshot. Do that. Tag Dan, tag Big Fight Weekend. We will see it. For now, we're good. We'll see what happens with all the action this weekend. We thank you for now for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend preview. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.